Hello and welcome to Portraits of Clongos, a podcast series that takes you on a journey into the lives of former pupils of Clongos Wood College. My name is Russell McDermott, and in this podcast series, we will speak with alumni from Clongos to hear their first-hand accounts of the transformative impact this school has had on their lives. In this episode, I'm speaking with businessman Peter Gray, who has remained actively involved with Clongos over the years. Peter Gray, thank you for joining me today. My first question for you is, how do you remember your time in Clongos? I remember it with great fondness, Rossa. I was a late arrival. I, I came uh, in what was then known as Syntax, was effectively third year. And at that time, the junior search was done in third year. So I arrived in the middle of the uh, junior search syllabus to do the final year before my junior search and spent the next, then the following two years. So I was three years in Columbus altogether. At that time, it was typically a five-year um, a five-year sojourn. So I came probably reasonably mature. I was 15, nearly 16. I was probably at least half a year, if not a year older than a lot of the guys in my year. That's another story as to why I was a late developer. But uh, I got a a lot out of Clongos, enjoyed it immensely and really can't say enough positive about it. It was quite an important developmental three years for me. In the middle of it, in, in between my fifth year and my sixth year, My father was killed in a plane crash and my best friend was killed in a motorcycle accident. And when there are two things that I vividly remember, one was I was stunned at the number of my schoolmates, not just my year, but from from across the school who came to my father's funeral. And what I remember vividly as well is how supportive the school was when I came back that September for my final year in school and people bent over backwards, the Jays bent over backwards to, I guess, provide support, which I'm not sure I needed, but uh, I, I, I just remember that year as one where I, I got an enormous amount of support after a period that was obviously fairly traumatic uh, for me. But that's that's just a, a sideline story, if you, if you like. The three years that I spent in Congos were for me very positive Maybe I was lucky in that I missed the early two years and didn't have that, you know, the 12-year-olds or the 13-year-olds, um, homesickness and um, uh, the, the, you know, the challenge of being the, the very small fry in a very big uh, or, uh, institution. So I avoided all of that and had a ball. No, the, the story about your father is very vivid, vivid for me in the sense that your brother Rory started with me. That's I remember him telling me the story that September because I was mad about aviation. Obviously, wanted to be a pilot, so I was uh, enthralled by one side. But I remember Rory telling me his story, and it was uh, it still left an impression. So I hear what you're saying about you in '73 because obviously it was high impact for you personally. So I hear I can hear what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, but again, as I say, the the piece that was that was that was so positive coming out of it was the amount of support, mm. the surprise I got with the amount of support both at the time. And then in the year following, when I, I actually look back on it with, with, with some amazement, I like I was um, I was doing my leaving cert. I was on the senior rugby team. I was doing an academy paper. I took part in in the play. Mm. Um, I was doing debating, which I'd never done before, all in a year in which all logic says one should have been um, somewhat uh, shattered. But instead, my life was filled. And I think the I think the community and the school worked hard to make sure that uh, 
that I had plenty to to take my mind, I guess, off off the tragedy and and uh, and and uh, have new experiences. Did you win the Aloysius? Did you? I did. I won yeah, the Aloysius. I was going to say yeah. in your list of achievements there, in that year you missed out one vital part: the Aloysius. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> and where were you for the two years or three years before you came to Syntax then? And scary. Yeah. Well, what happened was we we had lived in Monkstown and I had gone to CBC Monkstown, Christian Brothers Monkstown, right. uh, from, from junior school, first class, right. uh, through second year in, in secondary school. And during that time, we moved in when we were, when we were in second year, in, uh, when I was in second year in CBC Monkstown, we moved from Monkstown to Enniskerry. I did a year of commuting from Enniskerry uh, to, mm. to Monkstown. And wow. at the end of the year, I'd also been on the the JCT and CBC Monkstown, which in those days was perhaps a little bit more, a little stronger than, than it is now. Yeah. Uh, I was on the JCT in, 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 in CBC Monkstown and I had been doing training after school and then trying to get down as scary. Uh, wow. And it just was, it was, too um, much. it was asking too much. So I asked to go to boarding school. Again, to my parents' surprise, I, I actually volunteered that I oh, wanted yeah. to go to boarding school. They asked me where I'd like to go to and I said Clongos. And when they asked me why, I said because when we go around on the uh, to play teams and rugby rugby matches, the most friendly place, uh, undoubtedly, of all of the boarding schools that I've been to, is Clongos. You feel welcome from the day from the moment you arrive, and that was the basis of my decision to go to Clongos. That's good enough for the reason, reason, isn't it? If the... yeah, well, yeah, it is, and and I wasn't disappointed. I found the yeah. place very welcoming from the from the day I went. So there's no family tradition of Clongos. You. Absolutely not. I, I, my 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 mother told me subsequently uh, that my father managed to control his face when I mentioned Congo. They had a conversation about whether they could afford it. Yeah. He quietly went off to find out how much the fees were, and they came to the conclusion that they could afford it. <laughs> well, I was oblivious yeah. to such financial concerns at the age of fifteen. Well, we all, uh, <laughs> if we knew then what we know now, uh, we felt guilty. I'm sure. Indeed, indeed. And yeah, yeah. in terms of looking back now uh, at what you've achieved, obviously, what in your personal life, business life, the tools and disciplines you can attribute to your time in Clongos that may have given you uh, an advantage or help or a disadvantage, what comes to mind? What comes to mind immediately is, is self-confidence, uh, I mean, number one, uh, and, and values, which I come to in a second, uh, number two. On the on the self confidence piece, I am by nature an introvert, and I was a very shy kid. Um, and when I came to Clongos, thrown into the middle of of the school where there were already established relationships and so on, and there was established pecking order academically and everything else, I was challenged in a way that I hadn't been ever challenged before, and it helped develop me. And arising out of that, I developed a self confidence. That has been of enormous benefit to me since. That's not to say an arrogance, but a self-confidence, a confidence that I can overcome challenges, that I can do things, that I can, even though my introverted nature uh, recoils from standing in public, for example, I overcame that. Not not altogether in Clongos, but it set the groundwork for for. Uh, some subsequently getting comfortable with those situations, which was important from a career perspective. In, in terms of values, I have an abiding memory of 
And these were different times. We have to remember that. My, my son went to Clongos and it's a very different place. It was a very different place when he was there. And I'm still involved with, with Clongos on the board. Um, it is a very different place today. But back then, there were undoubtedly cliques and there were the in crowd and the not in crowd. And there were the guys who were, let's say, the butt of jokes is a kind way of putting it. And the guys who, who were the offerers of those jokes. And I learned to separate myself from the, the worst excesses of, of the, uh, the in crowd and yet managed to remain on good terms with them, but learned and had the courage, discovered I had the courage to actually challenge things from time to time and demand that certain things or certain behaviors were not acceptable. Now that sounds very grandiose when I say demand and not acceptable, but was able to a voice in a reasonable way to people that perhaps something wasn't appropriate and we shouldn't do it. That's been having the courage again to speak up and to say, no, uh, I don't think that's the right thing to do, or no, I, I'm not in agreement with that and here's why. I first discovered that I could do that in Clongos. Um, maybe it was innately within me, but I certainly have a very strong memory of a number of situations in Clongos where I was challenged to do that and I did it. And I think it, again, stood me in good stead subsequently. And you think the, that's changed when you see your sons going there? The in crowd and the out crowd and those who are bullied is probably the word. Those who are bullied, picked upon, uh, and those who are not, that, that's, that's no longer nearly as prevalent as it was certainly in my time. The school is much, is very vigilant about people are much more aware of it. Slagging is now seen as actually for, and among a group like that, slagging is actually seen as bullying and is recognized as such. So there's a much greater awareness of the damage uh, that that can cause. And, and therefore the school is a better place because it's so vigilant about things like that. So my son went there from 2005, 2011, and he loved it. And I'm not sure he would say he got as much out of it as I did, but then my circumstances were somewhat unique. But he certainly enjoyed it and has talked about the possibility of, of his own children if and when he has them being sent to Clongos. I mean, it was in 72, 73 when we went there and there was bullying for the... And the bullying is the term really the first two years, but that was eradicated more so as time went on. But no, I, I do hear you because our first year... And second year, you know, rhetoricians, rhetoricians and poetry people were scary people, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very scary. And slanging was obviously a huge element of day-to-day -day life down there as well, which could be converted now into a term bullying. Yeah, well, I, you know, and, and an example of that, I'm, I, I organize reunions every so often of our group. And there's a, there's a handful of guys who I can communicate with, but who choose not to come. And they'll explain that they, they found their time in Tongos very difficult because they were unfortunately at the wrong end of the in-crowd and the, and the not-in-crowd. And you always maintained a relationship with Tongos after you left? No, I, I went through a, a long period, Rosa, where I really didn't maintain contact. Um, obviously, after Rory left, uh, in 78. Between then and David going to Glongos, I had very little contact with the school. But uh, when when David went back, that was, it was, it was amazing, actually, walking through the halls. Uh, so much hadn't changed in terms of the infrastructure and the, and the feel of the place. And then um, I was asked to get involved with the union. And from the union, I got, I was asked to get involved with the board. So <laughs> once, 
once the hooks were into me, I I I I, uh, I got sucked in again. Yeah, it's still there. Still there. It's probably unfair to ask you then because you didn't do your first two, three years, or two years there. Your first memory is different to the rest of us in terms. It wasn't a, a rudiments day one memory. There was no entrance exam memory of the day you did it. So what would be your first recollection? My, my first recollection is the day I went down, up into the, the, the evening I went down, up into the dormitories, into one of the cubicles, uh, which were not shared cubicles in those days. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was that sudden feeling of, my God, I'm here. I know nobody. What do I do next? And within 10 minutes, the guy in the cubicle next to me, a guy called Peter Krause, came in, introduced himself, said, come on out, meet the guys. You're new here. Come on and meet the guys. And it was like I was welcomed into the fold. Uh, so it was, uh, that was a positive experience. And that got over the first day, the first night, the first day. And then my second memory is sometime later, probably three or four days later, it must have been a Wednesday afternoon. There mustn't have been sport that afternoon. Or maybe it was a weekend afternoon. There mustn't have been sport that afternoon. And I walked around the cricket pitch, the, 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 the walk around the cricket pitch on my own. And I was asking myself, good God, what, what did I do this for? So again, that's that feeling of I'm, I'm completely out of my element here. And I still really didn't know anybody. And one of the Jays, uh, Father Divney, uh, was walking around and came alongside me and started chatting to me. And Billy Divney, as he, as he was known, Billy became a friend uh, following. He married myself and my wife, and I kept in touch with him up to the time that he died. So again, brief moments of feeling uh, like a fish out of water that were very quickly filled by a community spirit, whether among the guys or whether among the Jesuits. That obviously must make you more sensitive to issues when you're on the board and issues that come up, obviously, because your case was different to most of us. I suppose you had to really settle yourself in at syntax, which is not easy. Yeah. And, and, and as I said earlier, it was actually good for me, Rasa. I probably, I was academically pretty good and I had been in my previous school, but I suddenly found myself in a more competitive environment. I came in to halfway through the junior cert uh, curriculum and I'd done a different part of the curriculum in my previous school. So I had to self-study. So I had to catch up and study out of class to try and catch up and, and align myself with the curriculum as it was in Clongos. And that was very good for me. It challenged me. I was probably lazy prior to that, and I had to work hard to establish myself. And again, because I came in in the, you know, in, in the middle of the normal cycle in the year, I had to establish myself. And performing academically, performing from a sports per perspective, getting involved in things was essential. To, to get accepted, to, to get bound in. Yeah. And that was good for me because, as I said, I was an introvert. I, I, I wasn't natural for me to do that, but that was the only way in which I was going to be part of the community. And as I said, that, that I think stood me in good stead for the rest of my life. Would you still consider yourself an introvert? Yeah, <laughs> I think the psychologists say once an introvert, you're always an introvert. <laughs> um, my natural inclination is, is introversion. I've probably learned to modify it or uh, ameliorate it or whatever the word is. Yeah. And is there one piece of music in your head uh, you hear takes you back to a time in Clongos uh, or thereabouts? It's, it's funny. When, when, when I saw that was one of the questions you were going to ask me, it, it's amazing how there is absolutely one 
which is James Taylor's uh, Fire and Rain, that album. Wow. Uh, and, and following it, Carol King's album, Tapestry. Yeah. I think it was when I was in fifth year, we used to have a rec room that we sometimes shared with the, with the rhetoric year, the sixth years. And there was someone in that year who had that James Taylor album and it was played incessantly uh, in that rec room. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. I learned to play it on the guitar subsequently and so on. So Fire and Rain, the album and the song Fire and Rain were, were, are absolutely etched in my memory as that song goes, comes into my mind every time yeah, I hear that song. And Carol King Tapestry, Billy Crosby was, was one of my classmates. And Billy was a very good musician then, subsequently became a professional musician and is a, a, is a, a piano teacher now. And he loved that album and played a number of the songs on it, even at that time. So again, that's a, that's a deep memory. And your contact with your classmates, you said some people partake, some people don't. But your 50th reunion is this year, I believe. Yes. And the attendance you expect to be good? Yeah, yeah. We, I, would you believe I was actually looking at it uh, earlier today? Uh, we have 31 confirmed so far. We were a class of 65. Sadly, 10 of our number have passed away. And there's about another five or six who, who may yet, uh, who may yet uh, come. So we could get 35. And then, as I said, there's a handful who we are in contact with, but who have no grawl to come and rejoin the group. Although they, they do keep in touch with some of the classmates and one another. That's understandable. We have the same. I think people are entitled to that. Don't feel it's part of their life now. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. I, and again, you know, it's important to emphasize that I think the school is a better place now. And hopefully there are fewer and hopefully none, who come away from it feeling bruised. Yeah. But if they do, it's it's understandable for all sorts of reasons. And never, I say, who do people who don't want to come to our reunions? I understand that. If you don't want to come, it makes no sense. So that's fine yeah. as well. Exactly. And if you were asked then, uh, as a final wrap-up, in to sum up uh, the Clongo experience in one or two words, what would they be? More than one or two words. <laughs> Learning to live in community. I didn't mention it earlier, but I think one of the great learnings of boarding school is learning to live in community among a group of people who you don't always have a lot in common with, which is a great training for later in life when you, particularly if you work in, in organizations where you don't always like all the people you work with, but you have to learn to work with them. So that was one, learning to live in community. And the other was opening the mind. It goes with the self-confidence piece I was talking about earlier. I found that my engagement with the world was significantly enhanced from my three years in Columbus. And the fact that you ended up in a business, was that coincidence or did you pick that up in Clongos or is that just the way life worked out? That's another interesting story, Rasa. My father, obviously before he died, had been guiding me as to what career I should perhaps follow. And I had I loved science and I had told him that I wanted to be a chemist, as in an experimental chemist. One fateful day, we were walking down from the house in Enniskerry to the church for the Corpus Christi procession. And uh, he talked to me about the fact that at that time in Ireland, the opportunities for an experimental chemist were few and far between, but that he, he had a great vision that we would join Europe he thought that there would be enormous opportunities and great opportunities in business in Ireland in the years ahead. And he counseled me that I should think about 
and making a career in business. At 14 or 15 years of age, I hadn't the faintest idea what that meant. But he then came back to me subsequently and advised me that um, having spoken to a few of, of his colleagues in business, the suggestion was I should do either law or engineering in college and then follow up with a qualification in accountancy, which I, for better or worse, decided I would, I would follow. Following his death, when I was making the decision as to what I'd apply for in college, he had qualified as a barrister, and that was what influenced me to decide that I would do law as my primary degree before doing accountancy. But I always had the intention of trying to make a career in the business world. My father was very influential, A, in, in pointing me in that direction, first of all, and secondly, in the choices that I ultimately made as to how I would uh, follow the path. Well, you did that well. And when you look at Clongos today, what are its biggest challenges, do you think, to keep up what you and I have picked up for future generations? I think the biggest challenge is to communicate to families that it is not a, a retrograde step to send your child to a boarding school. It can actually be a very positive step. There's a challenge in recruiting students to come to Clongos. Those who have had the experience uh, know what it's like are generally quite enthusiastic. Their wives aren't always as enthusiastic. But in the greater community, the number of stories I've heard of people who look askance at mothers who's, who have sent their sons to Glongos saying, how could you possibly do that? Take him away from the family. Well, the answer is actually with the number of weekends and the length of vacations and so on, you're not away from your family for that length of time. Clongos works extraordinarily well at linking with families and creating occasions for families to come to the school and, and participate in the activities of the school. My, my own wife talks about how she had greater contact with Clongos when David was there than she had with the girls' day school in Dublin that my two daughters went to for all the years that they were there. So Clongos does a very good job in embracing the families. But getting that message across and getting people to recognize that there's a huge value beyond the curriculum, beyond the Leaving Cert curriculum, there's a huge value to be attained by attending a school like Clongos. That's the challenge the school has to continue working at, to, uh, to sell the benefits of an education in, in Clongos specifically, but in a, a school such as Clongos. Peter Gray, thank you much for joining us. You're very welcome, Russell. Thank you.